the 4 o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Turning our attention back to the National Football League. Before we get to Miles Simmons, our NFL insider here on Tuesdays, Adam Hill, Cofield. We'll get to Adam Hill's mock draft, mock draft that got mocked heavily uh, the other day when it came out. Um, I do have to mention real quick, did anyone text our guy Willie? So Willie was on yesterday, Willie Ramirez. Adam, and he started talking about the meal he was going to make for the big game, for the national title game. You know, it's treacherous territory when you put food up on Twitter. Sure. And he put up his ribs. I perfectly grilled a steak, and it was mocked. You got destroyed for your green steak in the air fryer. It wasn't green. Uh, ribs, mac and cheese, and some greens. And I looked at it, and I was like, okay, that looks good. But, you know, I also recognize it on Twitter. It's got to look good, and it's got to be presented well. <laughs> and so then Grillin McMillan came in and made a comment about the mac and cheese, something about the ribs, and then all hell broke loose. But it was very passive-aggressive, hell break, uh, breaking loose, because – Willie was trying to hide that he was upset because it ended up with, because I, I laughed at the comments, and then it ended up with Willie asking me to put up my ribs. And I'm like, bro, I'm not the one who said I was cooking ribs all day. <laughs> all right? I boiled some freaking frozen pot stickers and threw them in the air fryer. That was, that was my effort, right? But I didn't post a picture because I know they're disgusting. <laughs> You're the one who, put, who who was talking about your ribs all day. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to put it out there, you're obviously proud of what you did, right? Or it's clearly bad and you're mocking it like when I did it. Um, so if you put it out there, you have to be ready for the for the you know feedback and for the people lashing out. And you know, even if people like it and think it looks good, they're going to find something about it. Like, you know that. So either don't put it out there or be ready for the craziness. Yeah, Mark said the ribs look like they were baked in an oven. And then that 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 lit the flame. I saw that. Now I will say I I saw Mark respond. This is not going to be good. I saw Mark respond with ribs of his own, and like I'll be honest, when I saw Willie's, I was like, I'm not in, I'm out. Yeah. But I saw Mark send his, and I was like, Yeah, I'm kind of out on that too. Oh really? Yeah. Why? I was out on both of them. I mean, Mark's Mark's looked real good. I thought Willie's had way too much sauce, and Mark's had none. Like, what are we doing? We'll have to talk to Mark later ground. in the week. I'm guessing Mark's was, uh, you know, was rubbed. It's a dry rub. Okay. You don't have to, you don't have to slather everything with barbecue no, sauce. It looks super dry. As if covering something up. It looks super dry though. Okay. All right. Well, but I, I'm not a judge of it either. But I'm not putting my food up. Right. Like, but it, you, you, once you put it up, like th- yeah. then don't come back to somebody else. What about yours? Uh, you're the one that put yours up for for display and for criticism. Exactly. Like, you're the one trying out for American Idol, bro. So like, be ready. I <laughs> can be ready. Yeah. If Simon uh, comes up, bashing you, be ready for it. Miles Simmons with an update on Gronkowski. Apparently, Gronk has a decision here. <laughs> What's more important, partying or coming back for another year in the National Football League? Uh, but before that, we got to give uh, some cool tickets away here. Coming up this Friday, Mandalay Bay, Mick Ultra Arena, Megadeth, Lamb of God. Got some special guests playing as well. We've got two tickets. Check that. You know what we'll do? Call our seven and eight. We've got. Multiple pairs of tickets, 364-1100, 364-1100. It's Megadeth 
coming up, and I got the day wrong. Saturday, Saturday, Saturday. You can get your own tickets at AXS.com. It's at Mandalay Bay. It's Megadeth in town, and Ari's got your tickets. He's at the ticket window. Go see him. Call in right now, 364-1100. Join the conversation on Twitter at ESPN Las Vegas. Pop Johnson para Caleb Love, buscando convertirse en el héroe. Lanza el triple. Tiro de aire. Rebote Carolina. Y se acaba el encuentro. Los Jayhawks de Kansas están de nuevo en el tope de la montaña. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. Adam Hill, Cofield rolling on. Football frenzy we carried into Miles Simmons on the way back there. You hear the uh, Spanish radio call, the national title game. Rafa, I don't know if you remember him, Adam, but uh, he was one of the dudes who was out at boxing in UFC for years and years and years and years. Now he's the voice of the Cavaliers. I think he's still doing the Super Bowl every year nationally. And last night he was doing the final, the uh, the back end of the final four with the title game. So good stuff there. Uh, let's get into what's going on around the NFL and outside of the NFL. Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk is with us. How you doing, buddy? Hello, gentlemen. I'm doing well. Uh, that nice little Justin Timberlake on the way back in. I like that. Excellent, excellent. The Vast Sound crew, led by Ari, sometimes nails it. Way to it. go, Ari. Yeah, he nails it all the time. Um, we wanted to talk about Gronk and the Buccaneers, but I'm, I'm going to start before we get to Gronk. Okay. I saw that... Uh, there are some Boston writers, including Shaughnessy. I don't know if you know who Dan Shaughnessy is. Who I do, yes. We're writing that uh, Brady's become kind of tough to root for. What do you think happened last week? Did Tom Brady pull a coup and kick Bruce Arians upstairs? Well, I mean, I don't – maybe that's part of it. I, I find it hard to believe that Tom Brady would just be okay with – coming back and then his head coach leaving if like if he didn't have some sort of like all right that's fine I'm fine with that you know like, like why would Brady just be okay with coming back to something that's different than what he expected it to be and, and in, you know in some ways it's not really because Bruce Arians is not the head coach but Byron Left, which is still the offensive coordinator and if you believe some of the reporting that's been um, that uh, Bruce Arians would come in and alter some of the game plans that Brady and Leftwich had worked on throughout the course of the week, toward the end of the week, um, well, then I can see why Brady would not necessarily be upset by that, right? Like Brady and Leftwich would put their heads together and then Bruce Arians comes in and he's like, actually, you know, like, let's add this or let's do this or let's do that. And that's Arians, right? Like, like he's the head coach. Um, but if you're Tom Brady, it's like, dude, like we've been doing this all week. Like, what do you mean? So I, I just, I don't know that Tom Brady really like kicked Bruce Arians upstairs, but I think that that's by the same token, when somebody is as old as he is and, you know, he came down there immediately won a Super Bowl, brought them back to the playoffs and had them on the brink of beating the Los Angeles Rams in the divisional round with that crazy comeback. Like there's... There could be a there there, if that makes any sense. Uh, isn't the real simple answer for Tom Brady's always been impossible to root for and unlikable, but now the Boston writers are seeing it because he's not there anymore? 
Uh, hello, Adam Hill. Yes, uh, that is absolutely the conspiracy theory answer that I would expect you to push. Uh, but it is—it's funny. I mean, like I read that Shaughnessy column that you know Cofield that you were talking about, and man, like that was like, whoa! Like, I mean, like basically calling Brady everything but a child of God in that column, and it's like, my God, like why are we clutching our pearls now just because like Brady? is not with the Patriots. Like it was just, it, I don't think that Tom Brady is all of a sudden, this is a very different human being now that he's in Tampa Bay and he doesn't have Belichick as his head coach. Like Brady's always done stuff. That's a, a little bit objectionable. It's just now we see it from a different perspective, I guess, if we're in Boston because he doesn't play for the team that we cover on a day-to-day basis. All right. So what's going to happen with uh, Gronk? Cause it turns out that it looks like uh... He's got a draft party coming up in Vegas. Yes. Uh, something about, <laughs> I guess, I guess some, of the, some of the VIP passes are pretty freaking high. Um, what do we think here? Is Gronk just going to go full Gronk, party, make a lot of money on the side, and then, you know, right before the season go, okay, I'm ready to come back. Man, I, I hope he does because, you know, I think everybody should be able to maximize their value as a human being in the world, right? Um, but look, he doesn't need to go into training camp, you know, and, and get beat up all the time. And this is a guy that missed five games last year and still had 800 receiving yards. And that's because of his connection with Brady. So, I, you know, he went through the ribs thing last year. That I'm sure that was very painful. He doesn't need to go to the offseason program and, like, learn a new offense. He's been in the offense the last couple of years. He doesn't need to get beat up in training camp. He's been getting beat up in training camp for years. I mean, he's, he's 32, 33. Like, if he wants to come back, as Jason Light said about Brady, they'll leave the light on for him. As long as, you know, the Brady is with the Buccaneers, Gronk is going to have a roster spot if he wants it. So I, I kind of think that he's going to be back, make another run with Brady. But if he doesn't, good for him. I'm just ruining everything today, but didn't he? He tipped his hand, right? He went to that barber shop. He was caught on video. He's like, I'm going to make everybody sweat. Then I'm coming back. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I could have referenced that, but I'm glad you did. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, you <laughs> are a party pooper, Miles. You are. You are I'm down. Not. You're... I'm a big party guy. What do you mean? <laughs> First of all, you. Oh. What? Oh my gosh! It just dawned on me. I I I apologize. Wait, do you have the clip? Okay, Ari, Ari has a clip. He's he's getting ready here. Uh, I'll I'll ask something else while we're waiting for this clip. It just dawned on me right now as we're talking to you. Uh, okay. So you said about the draft, however, that you're not excited about this draft. I know you were accused of having a quarterback fetish, and that's why you're not excited about the draft. <laughs> it's in Vegas, man. It's gonna be awesome. Oh, no, okay, well, there's a difference between the draft, the event, and the draft as I have to talk about it, uh, like, on April 5th. Like, I'm sorry that, like, the draft is going to be fun. Like, any party in Vegas, I'm all about that. It's not about the event. It's about, like, I just – and I, I said this on television today, man. Like, I think part of it is that I worked for the Rams for five years, and the Rams haven't had – a first round pick since the Obama administration. And like the only time there was any suspense when I covered the Rams and the draft was in 2015. And they ended up picking Todd Gurley at 10 overall when it was kind of like, Oh, you know, they'll pick a tackle. They'll pick some sort of offensive lineman. And then they end up drafting, you know, a guy who was one of the best running backs in the league for a few years. Right. And so from then it was like, all right, 16, it's Jared Goff. You then you don't have any picks for the rest of the time that I cover them. Like I just, 
there's no, there's, I mean, yeah, I guess I could have a quarterback fetish if that's the way you want to put it. I don't <laughs> like that. I think that's a little weird, but like, there's no, there's like the Kenny Pickett is really gonna bring us the, you know, he's the quarterback that's going to be the guy like, and if the Panthers pick him, like, Oh my goodness. Malik Willis is the go. quarterback of the future for the whole league. He's the face I, of the league. He could. I, I'm not, I'm not ready to declare that. I mean, like really? Patrick Mahomes is still going to be there. Justin Herbert is still going to be there. The hell are you talking about? Who face are, of the league? Were they giving away Omar their clothes? Jackson? Were they giving away their clothes to homeless people? Come on. Um, I mean, like, I think that was a great story, but like, I'm not, I'm just, I don't know. Malik Willis, he, he's going to need time to, to develop, man. I mean, like, you really think that that guy is going to come in. It's kind of like Trey Lance last year, right? I mean, like, not exactly the same, but Trey Lance was somebody who needed at least a year probably to mature, especially coming off the fact that he didn't play any ball for a really long time. I mean, Malik Willis, like he's raw and he's got some skills and he's got a great arm and he's got talent. And he can certainly be elusive as a runner. Um, but like it, from everything I've read and everything I've heard and everything I've seen, like he's somebody that's going to need a little bit of time to get in an offense and get to the NFL, mature a little bit, get some seasoning, you know? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that, but like, for me, on April 5th, like, I, I'm much more interested in all the rest of the movement that's happened in the NFL with these veteran guys. And, you know, when we figure out where the guys go in the fun event in Las Vegas, then I'll be more interested. That is Miles Simmons, Pro Football Talk. Miles, we had one of your coworkers on last week. You work with one of our good friends, Miles Simmons. Yeah. I don't know if you've had a meal with him. If you have, did he send the food back? Because that's his thing. Actually, he did send back a meal because oh, no. they brought him the wrong. Well, they brought him the wrong thing, so it wasn't really his fault. So he sent it back, and I was done eating by the time they brought his meal back. <laughs> okay, that's fifty percent of the time, and I don't want to hear the excuses. <laughs> that's what he does. That's what Miles does. Miles. Do you, can you answer to this? Shereen Williams was on with us the other day. She sold you out, bro. Okay, here's what happened. So they, I ordered jambalaya, and they brought me pasta. And, like, I would have eaten the pasta. I hope they didn't throw that pasta away. I hope somebody at least ate that pasta. It looked pretty good, but it's just not what I ordered. So, like, it wasn't even a steak thing. And, yes, as you mentioned, like, I will send the steak back if it is not correct. But... <laughs> Um, in that particular case, as Shireen said, it really wasn't my fault. You know, I, it, I, I, I wanted what I ordered. I'm sorry. Come on, man. It's all the time. It's your thing. This is what you're known for now. I know. That's so funny. And it was really like, that's the first, oh no, it's the second time. Shireen and I had a meal when we were, uh, when she was out here for the Super Bowl. Well, that's one of the first times I like had a meal with a coworker at NBC. And yeah, I did have to send it back. That's so funny. <laughs> that's great. So we, we talked about the draft. You're not you're not overly enthused. That's fine. What what are you watching going into this draft? Because people here in Vegas are excited. Friends. Okay. Is that not what you're asking? No. Um, you're gonna, are you gonna, <laughs> wait. Are you are you going to be here? Um, I don't know. I I at this point I don't plan on it. Um, because especially with the way we cover the draft, it might be easier if I'm just at home. I, I was frankly I was in Cleveland last year when they had the draft there, and I didn't even go down for that because it's like if you're the way we write our posts, it's like we've got a we've got like two picks and then or three pick whatever it is, and then we have to write something else. And we got to write something. So it's not really conducive for me working if I'm there. But I mean, like it'd be nice to see you, 
you know, and maybe go out after the trap coverage is over. No, you're Stop making Miles you feel get... guilty that he's going to he's gonna have to work. You can't even get through without laughing. Stop it. No, no. We have a good time. The one, I mean, you know, and speaking of sending things back when we're at a restaurant, I don't think I sent anything back that time where you and Ed and Cassie and Heidi pretended it was my birthday. That was fun. That's true. Actually, you know what? It was funny. I'm, I'm going there after the show. Oh, nice. That was yeah. a good meal. Oh, yeah. It's delicious. But you're right. Yeah. You didn't. Miles Simmons, PFT, <laughs> is with us. Uh, the story that comes out a couple days ago about Dan Snyder, you know, gross human being. Now he's potentially. Allegedly. Hey, man, he might hear skimming. this and sue you. He's, poten- <laughs> he's allegedly skimming. <laughs> what? From other owners? Huh? Yeah. Well, listen, like this is this is one of those things where it, it's kind of like with Stephen Ross, where you have all the things that were in the Brian Flores lawsuit, but the one thing, the one allegation that would probably get Stephen Ross kicked out is you were tanking games, you know, because you can't do that. That upsets the competitive balance. You know, he's offering potentially $100,000 to Brian Flores if he lost games, right? Like that's the allegation. So with all the horrible, disgusting things that have allegedly happened under Dan Snyder's watch, allegedly, you have this where he has allegedly skimmed off the top and maybe has two different sets of books and all these different types of things. And if an owner is allegedly, as I say again, taking money from other owners, that's going to get that one owner kicked out, right? Like that is the one thing where, uh, you know what? That's probably a bridge too far. You're keeping my money. You're messing with my money. And these guys are billionaires. Billionaires don't take kindly to people bleeping with their money. So that's why if there are receipts for this and so for somebody who worked for Dan Snyder for 24 years, and that's what this former vice president of ticketing operations, or I can't quite remember what his title is, but he was vice president in ticketing, right? That's what he's basically alleging. You better have receipts and you better be ready for everything that the Washington commanders and Dan Snyder could possibly throw at you to come at you. So that's why I think this is pretty serious. And I'm really, really interested to see where it goes. Miles, rest of the week with uh, Peacock and PFT. What do you got going on? I will be on Friday at two o'clock Pacific time for Friday's episode of PFT PM. And yes, we'll be covering the draft. I I was on today and like, I was about as enthusiastic as I just was um, for the draft. So I'm going to work on my enthusiasm (laughs) and hopefully if you guys ask me more draft questions next week, I will be better prepared and better, uh, you know, I'll be a better guy that's like, you know, paid to cover the NFL because I should be excited about the draft and should be getting everybody else excited about the draft, but I'm just not there yet. It's okay. Sometimes you get into a lull. It happens. It happens. You'll get fired up the rest of the month. I will. I will. I promise. All right, Miles. We appreciate it. There he is, Miles Simmons. Thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Adam, on the, the Shaughnessy column about Brady, and there's some pretty good references. I saw the, the Florio write up just talking about, a, you know, the, uh, the chalk mark around the cold body. Um, doesn't this feel in a way like the fact that there's some media people, I know you made a smart remark that they're not in Boston, so they're not kissing his ass anymore. Doesn't this remind you a little bit of the picture that was painted where Belichick's the bad guy and Brady got screwed over in the split of Mark Andre Fleury and the golden Knights. Like there may be, there may be some sort of details about Brady and Brady's end of the split that we haven't heard. Yeah, sure. Of course. 
But I mean, th- these are the same people that were around and knew it. Like the, the, I, I feel like without chastising certain people, like there was people that just ignored the reality of the situation here. Right. And that led to fans not understanding what was actually happening here. Right. And th- so I-, I would say it would be if it's similar, then that would be the same thing of the media knowing what was going on there and just ignoring it and painting a certain picture. And then the pan- fans not understanding because the media was on a certain side. So on the NFL draft, they're starting to erect all the setup. It's all, it's all for you. It's all for us. It's all for us. But I'm, I, on the way back, I got to tell you what I'm most excited about uh, in terms of the transformation of the area, especially on Koval, which is like right there where that draft is going to go down. Finley Toyota in the Valley Auto Mall has the largest Toyota service facility in Nevada. Now, back to Cofield and Company in the Finley Toyota Studio. More calls of the action last night. Kansas winning the national title against North Carolina. One person on the show saying that's Ukrainian. Vast Sound Crew is claiming they pulled that from a Russian call. So, Ari it's, is on the griddle. It's is big it Ukrainian or Russian. It's big controversy here in the, in the studio, Steve. We are we are screaming at each other as you heard. I mean, Ari gets the Russian feed from the Sound Crew, listens to it, and goes, "No, nah, I know Russian. That's not Russian. I didn't hear any Russian in there. Okay." All right. Well, I could I'm sure be we've wrong. Got, I'm sure we've got uh, people who speak six, seven languages in the audience. So, can you we'll say find out soon? Can you say Caleb Love misses the three in Russian? Yet. <laughs> that's no. <laughs> so that's what you're listening for. You're li- you know one word. No, and I know. You're listening I know, for it. I know very random words. Yes, and but like I. It what just, if they don't use any of those words in the call? It just seems weird. There's like like Etta is this is there's no this is in the whole clip. Okay. Just saying. I you so be, I, you know, now you know three words. I also and none of the three words were used. I know several words. I also don't know Ukrainian. I didn't even know that was an actual language, so I took a guess. But, this right, just but how, why would you guess something so close to Russian? Because guess who got the first one right? Dutch. Or did I say it was in parentheses? Not French, but Dutch. And I nailed that one, so. I'll move on with my 50% success you rate. Got it, you got it wrong. You said it was French and it was Dutch. I said French, question mark. I had another one that I thought was French, which then... This guy here, expert French guy, told me it was French. I'm not a French guy. I said I took four years and don't know any French. Yeah, and then so you were like, is this French? I was like, I don't know. It sounds close enough to it, but I couldn't tell you. You're definitive <laughs> that because three Russian words you know weren't used, it's not Russian, but it must be Ukrainian, which is almost the same language. I'm going to die on this hill. Let's go. <laughs> someone, so, someone call in and tell me. Yesterday we mentioned... The fact that Mrs. Costanza passed away over the weekend. R.I.P. Estelle. And I mentioned, along with that, that these screaming matches really are reminiscent of one of the greatest shows. Like, this screaming match you guys just had is reminiscent of one of the greatest shows in TV history. And the Vast Sound crew fell flat on this one. We're supposed to have this ready. So 
we will fire it here. This I just wanted Adam to hear this because Adam knows like every you know inch of Seinfeld. But this was a do you remember the the quick screaming match that escalated between uh Mr. Costanza, Mrs. Costanza, and George is just sitting there when they start talking about fashion. I mean, there, there was actually, sadly, a couple of times when that happened. Once when George was going to be a bra salesman. My lawyer. Your lawyer wears a cape? Yeah. So what? Who wears a cape? He's very independent. He doesn't follow the trends. He looks ridiculous in that thing. You have no eye for fashion! I have no eye for fashion! All right, come on. Just the screen, the escalation in like a split second. Oh, it's so good. Th- those two together, I, I just there was a there was a lot of it in the show, but yeah. I wish it was every episode they would just start screaming at each other. And then and then and of course then George is the the peacekeeper. He's like, okay, come on. <laughs> we doesn't want them to get divorced. It's bad. It's rough for him. They have two Thanksgivings. So, you know, we always think about the roads and what big events do to the area, what stadiums could do to the area. Sure. And I tell you what I'm most excited about with the NFL draft and then subsequent events. So have you been driving at all on Koval and near the Sphere? Was there literally uh, Friday night. Okay. So Koval and Paradise going north and south, and then, you know, Spring Mountain slash whatever it is, Twain going east-west. I mean, it, it's like it's like an off-road course. Sure, it's soon going to be an actual racetrack, but yeah. Well, it is. that's what I was getting to. I don't think the NFL draft is going to fix those roads because it's too short a time. You do realize that is part of the route for the F1 race next November. Yeah. Good luck. <laughs> well, the aftermath will be cool because I'd have to imagine they're going to fix the roads. Unless you're going to put these, you know, these multi-million dollar cars through the most rigorous test ever. But, yeah, the course is actually going to snake behind the Venetian and Palazzo, go around the sphere, come back up to Koval, then shoot down Koval to Harmon. Yeah. They're finally going to fix the roads, baby! Also, by the way, it's an eight-mile track that goes, like, all around the strip and and down around that area. Well, I think it's it's, uh, not to... Blow it out of. I think it's a three point eight mile track. I uh, think, but I th- well, I think it's like eight miles of roads that are affected. Whatever, whatever that is. But okay, All right. um, because I, I I was saying the other day, like I hope the Raiders are out of town that weekend. Really, I mean, obviously the weekend would be nuts if yeah. the Raiders were here. Uh, but really, just because I want to be out of town, I do not want to be anywhere near the city during that week. And some 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 of my friends were like, "Oh, why not? It's very cool. It's it's not going to affect us and, you know, driving around the town. It's just that little area." And I was like, "Okay. <laughs> Do you have any idea what that what that not yeah. weekend, that month setting oh. up that course is going to be like? Oh, it's yeah. going to be oh, insanity. Not, the whole city." Uh, yeah, I was talking to people who work on the strip. Like, it, this isn't like a 3-day shutdown. No. They're they're going to need a good 6-7 days minimum to get that track ready and as we just mentioned, to fix the roads. So that's going to be months out before that. Now I'm glad the roads are getting fixed, and I'll just give I'll give a heads up to people because I um, I go through that way to actually to get to UNLV. I think at that time you'll have Spring Mountain under construction leading up to the F1 race, and at the same time I believe they have a gigantic project due uh, to go pretty soon out in front of the Thomas and Mac <laughs> on Tropicana. 
Hasn't that been going like, on for six years? So you're like, I don't have any way to get. You'd be like, there's no way to get to UNLV on the back <laughs> end. It's going to be crazy, but yeah, that's the price you pay uh, when you get big events coming up around town. Sam Paniotovich, big event for him last night, our gambling insider. He had a great ticket. He'll tell us about hedging and everything that went down around the game with Kansas and North Carolina as the Jayhawks win the national title. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield and Co. Now, back to Cofield and Company. Kansas for the fourth time in school history. Rock Talk! 16 to 1. Wow. 16 to 1 doing shots. I don't know if he's sober, but we're going to roll the dice. Sam Paniotovich, big winner of the NCAA basketball season, is here with us. Sam, you okay? I just want to let you know ahead of time, I won't be here on Tuesday, July 19th. That's the week I'm booking my celebratory vacation. So have what? Ari write that down. I will I will be taking off my first Cofield and Company in like two years. Yeah, seriously. Ideas of uh, where you're going to go? Hawaii. All right. That's a pretty defined idea. Okay. <laughs> there you go. There you go. I don't waste any time. Um, you know, I was very happy last night. Um, fortunately, we were able to hedge a lot of that off. Um, a chicken dinner, I gave out 16. On Nesson, I gave out 20. Some people had 18. But either way, these were bets that were placed in November. And people are like, well, how many other teams did you bet? None. I pick one every year. This is the first one I've ever won, I'll be honest wow. with you. But uh, to have a ticket at 20 to 1 going into Monday, you have to hedge the other side. And people on Twitter are telling me what to do, like it's their bet. They have no idea what's going on. We hedged a little bit of that pot on Carolina Moneyline. Was going to win either way. And uh, hell of a comeback to complete that. 20 to 1 ticket on Kansas, huh? Are are you down at all that you didn't take Carolina plus the points and get it both? No, I didn't want to sweat. I think you and I would both agree, Adam, that that middle for 85, 90% of that game wasn't even a possibility. I had no idea Kansas was going to come back from the largest title game deficit ever. So at halftime, I'm thinking, well, I made a great future bet that put me in a position to guarantee myself profit. And, you know, we're talking about a couple thousand dollars of a hedge rather than risk 2,200 to win 2000. I wanted to risk 2000 to win 3,400. So I had no issue with my position. The great thing is I had a choice and I had that choice because of the bet on Kansas in November. Um, So no, I'm not going to dwell on not going for that middle that realistically shouldn't have won. Um, I feel really good about what happened. There you go. Congratulations. Good work Thanks. by you for sure. Uh, how how would you kind of reflect on the tournament and, and the way that Kansas made it through? I mean, obviously you had to be thrilled when they got the draw that they got. Yeah, I felt even better. And I, I think that was a common denominator amongst a lot of the professional sports bettors that I talked to. I said, well, what should I do? And they looked at the region for Gonzaga they looked at the region for Arizona. I mean, that game in the second round or the th- third round, I guess, technically, uh, Illinois and Houston, to play the winner of that game um, in your own region is is <laughs> not fair. And then Baylor having to face North Carolina in the second game, the 1-8 matchup, that was 
extremely tough. And, and Kansas really wasn't tested until the Elite Eight, and they proved that they were still way better than Miami. So it was a great run. It was a great road. Um, happy with all that, but you know we don't have to celebrate forever. I, I can tell you, there's a team that I'm looking at for next year. It's way too early, but this number is already on the run. The Creighton Blue Jays. Um, you can still find about eighty to one, I think, at William Hill or at Caesars. This was a team that was very, very good this year. Unfortunately, they had some some issues. One off the court injury uh, uh, issue. One injury issue, Creighton was a very, very good team this year. We saw them beat Providence in the Big East tournament by like 30 points at one point. Um, They took Kansas to a very tight game, 79-72. That is a team that returns pretty much everybody. Um, I think they're going to be outstanding next year. They were a top 20 defensive team. They're going to be much better on offense next year. Greg McDermott is a solid coach. If you have anything out there in, in Vegas and you can find an 80 to 1 or a 70 to 1 on Creighton, I'm telling you, they could be a two seed next year in the tournament. And if that's the case, you could forget about 70, 80 to 1. Well, with all due respect, Sam, I mean, you're you're great. You had a great tournament. Uh, I'm going to wait and see what Mattress Mac does. He's the, he's the better I trust. He had a better tournament than you. He did not. Didn't he have. <laughs> Didn't he? Oh, he did have Kansas for five million dollars. Okay, fine, fine, he, fine. He has to refund guess, thirteen million in furniture sales. Yeah, that guy's a scum, though. You know <laughs> what he does? He's just hedging his furniture dealings. I'll tell you what. I had a better ROI than Mattress back. That's sure. all that matters in my book. That's what I'm telling myself. <laughs> There's no doubt. Yeah, I was going to say on the the futures for next year for the title, the transfer portal is actually awesome for the books because I to me there are teams that people should be looking at you know once rumors are out there i mean you're gonna have to track it heavily about who teams could get out of the transfer portal but you could get some you get some bets out there where people are betting on really deep odds like you just mentioned creighton at 80 to 1 um and to me that's an advantage to the book if i were looking for a team that is established and is returning a lot of guys and i think will benefit from the portal and from recruiting i actually would roll the dice on houston and try to find the best number now the number i see in front front of me right now is only 14 to 1 Am I stupid for betting it now, or should I wait until the season? No, I think this proves what I just did with Kansas. If you feel like a team is going to be a top five or top ten team all country, you bet them before the season starts. I'll never forget one of my favorite tournaments of all time was, I think, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. Baylor and Gonzaga before the season were both about eight to one. And I told one of my buddies, I said, hey, we should bet on both of those teams to win the title. And they meet in the title game. And going into the tournament, Gonzaga, I think, was plus 275 and Baylor was 3-1. to one. So betting it at 8-1 to one before the season starts, yes, I would tell you if there is a team you have a pulse on and you think they're going to overachieve and be a 1 or a 2 seed, you bet them before the ball goes in the air. Maybe you don't have to bet it in April, but I certainly wouldn't wait until December, January, because by that point, more eyeballs will be on the product. Um, I'm looking at – I'll just give you the DraftKings odds because that's what I have in front of me. Duke is 9-1, to Carolina 11, Kentucky 12, Kansas 12, Arkansas 14, Gonzaga 14, UCLA 16, Houston 16. So um, those are your top eight teams. I'll tell you who I'm not betting. That is St. Peter's. I think everybody <laughs> left St. <Saint> Peter's. <laughs> Did you see that today? Yes, mass exodus. 
The coach is gone. The best four players all left, entered the transfer portal. That team, I wonder I wonder if the books will know what to do next year. That's a team I was looking to fade St. Peter's like I faded George Mason the year after they went to the Final Four because the point spreads were all five or six points too high the next year early. I wonder if the books will get St. Peter's right next November, December, because that's a team that could freaking suck. Tell me about the uh, Tiger Woods effect on the Masters board. Man, they just can't stop betting Tiger. Uh, I uh, have a story coming out tomorrow on Fox with Jeff Sherman from the Westgate, who does all their golf stuff. He told me that Tiger's been the best player for handle in the history of the medium (laughs) as far as bringing out dollars, whether it's on or against. People, they either bet on him for the most part, and that's 70% of people, but then they fade him in the matchups. Wise guys are fading him in matchups from 140 to 170, 170 to 200. Um, But then you have the public betting him to win, top 10, top 20. He was 100 to 1 last week at multiple books in Las Vegas. You're lucky now to find anything higher than 50 to 1 on Tiger. So those odds have been slashed in half at most books because Tiger is now going to play, and we've seen his press conference, and we're all excited, and we love nostalgia, and I'm not going to miss out on Tiger winning, even though he probably doesn't even make the cut. That's the reality. He brings out more money than any golfer in the history of golf, and he's already been bet down from 100 to 1 to as low as 40 to 1 in Las Vegas. Did Jeff Sherman mention any of the golfers who really have a chance in this tournament? Uh, does he have any liabilities anywhere where he uh, he's in some trouble? Yeah, the big liability as far as big names is Louis Oosthuizen. Uh, Sherman and company wrote a five thousand dollar bet on Oosthuizen at fifty to one, so that is two hundred and fifty thousand dollars of liability on one bet. But that is not the golfer that makes him nervous. There's a cat who played at UNLV. You may know the name. Uh, Aaron Jarvis is the kid's name. Sherman took a bet on Jarvis for $100 at 5,000 to one. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-oh. Yes. So we're talking about – actually, you know what? It was a a bigger bet. I think it was 150 at 5,000 to one because it pays over a million dollars. Um. Good luck if you wow. bet on Aaron Jarvis. And not, now I'm sort of pulling for Aaron Jarvis, I guess. <laughs> well, yes, yes. Don't want our friends to be hurt, but uh, that would be a hell of a story, no doubt. Uh, you gave us the White Sox as a future over the uh, the last couple of weeks. You have another team future. And I saw, I, you know, I can't remember if we had actually talked about this. I know you're down for the home run title on uh, Vladdy Jr., right? I love Vladdy. He's 10-1 to 1 at the Superbook. That's one of the best prices in the world. Um bet a little bit there at 10 to 1 odds. I think he's the favorite by, you know, the all-star break. I'm thinking like 4 or 5 to 1. Uh, I wouldn't be too shocked. I mean, people bet Aaron Judge and they bet Stanton and they bet Trout and Otani, but uh, that guy could hit the ball out of the ballpark every single day. Uh, it's not going to happen, but he has that potential. He makes me nervous um, if I'm fading uh, anybody else, you know, Vladdy's the guy. Uh, that's that's my pick there. I do like the White Sox to win the Central, but, you know, I thought long and hard about this, and I pushed it off as long as possible. I don't know how I can't or how I don't bet the Dodgers to win the World Series. Yo, great, they're the favorite. Yeah, but, boys, Cody Bellinger could hit eighth this year for this team. I mean, that's how deep they are. That lineup is one of the scariest we've seen since the 90s Yankees, the late 90s Yankees. Bats, Freeman, Turner, Muncie, Turner, Smith, Taylor, one through seven. Bellinger, maybe eighth. 
with a rotation of loaded guys, Walker Buehler, Clayton Kershaw, Julio Urias. By the all-star break, they get Dustin May back. Maybe eventually Trevor Bauer comes back with his off-the-field stuff. Bullpen is solid, and they know how to win big games. They're 5-1 to one right now, but, I, I mean, this is like a Lakers team in the early 2000s that was 6-1. to one. Well, they're the favorite, yeah, because they're the best team. And oftentimes, the best team makes a deep run. So I know it's the favorite. Last year, I had Atlanta. This year, I like Los Angeles at 5-1. to one. I just don't see a better team. They're going to be favored in 135 baseball games this year. Sam, good hit, man. Good hit with Kansas. Congrats on that win, and we'll talk to you next week, okay? All righty. Thank you, gentlemen. Thanks, sir. There he is, Sam Paniotovich, Nesson, and Fox Sports. Uh, one college basketball update in. Adam, I don't know if you saw it, but the kid, uh, Darian Trammell from Seattle, averaged about 17 points a game. Bay Area, dude. Committed to San Diego State. Now, he's a smaller guard. He's 5'10", 5'11". I'm not saying San Diego State's going to win the national title, but if you were betting futures and looking to hedge on a tournament run, could San Diego State, with Trammell and just about everyone else back, could they be seated fourth to seventh and make a run to the Sweet 16 where you can start hedging a little bit? Possibly. So they've added another good player to the fold and bringing in another point guard in this kid, Darian Trammell. Cofield and company will be back in minutes right here on ESPN Las Vegas. The weather is warming up, and you know what that means. I know, I know, that almost didn't mean what it means this year, but the deal got done, and that means baseball is back. So what do you say? Let's start our coverage with the most historic rivalry in all of baseball, as the Red Sox will be in the Bronx to take on the New York Yankees. So stock up on Cracker Jack, get those hot dogs on the grill, and settle in for some action on the diamond as you tune in Sunday with pregame starting at 3 on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM.